tell you how much I miss Your sweet kiss Did I tell you I didn't cry Well, I lied Do it again. Are we live? I don't care. Camera's down again. I want the hand signal. Count it down. You know, it's been months. Can't we at least get a Come little on. professional attention here? A little. All, we, all we're asking for is to be... Okay. Perfect. And welcome. Welcome to Couples Day. Yes, I do. Oh my gosh, we have not been here. <laughs> I can tell this is going to be a disaster. We have been trying to set up for an hour and the audio isn't working, the video isn't working. We haven't done a pot, we haven't been here for months. And uh, our bi weekly podcast. This, I decided this is the um, season opener. Ooh, ooh, new I season. Like it. New, new season, season of Couple Skate. New season. <laughs> yeah, we ended on a real cliffhanger back in October, I think. November, maybe November. Yeah, and we just had forgotten to tell people that we wouldn't be back until February, but now we're doing this special yeah. Valentine's edition. That was all obviously planned. You getting COVID and us uh, being sick for a month. All yeah, planned. All all of it. Yeah. I had emergency surgery. Yeah. We yeah. had Christmas. It was chock full of fun and adventures. But private fun and adventures. <laughs> Nobody got to know about them. So we weren't skating. And now we're back and But we will yeah, we will talk about those things. But we are yeah, we're here for a special edition of Couple Skate because <laughs> we need to talk about something. Yes. I just first before we start, mm -hmm. love your earrings. Thank you. Feel like they're so appropriate for so you messaged me something and I was like we were already planning to skate next week, and but we were like, it's a special edition. <laughs> got to start it the season we, out strong. We got to do this. But your, your earrings really match the so tone my, of the so show. So my earrings are amazing, be, and I love them so much. And they're actually uh, a friend who was a friend of my sister's many, many years ago, but then has since become a family friend sent these to me and she just she's never given me a gift before like she just sent these to me in the mail and she's like i saw these and i thought of you i love it <laughs> and i was like i see these and i think of me like yeah. these are so oh, me they're so you they're so perfect <laughs> so for people who can't see if we do end up putting this actually on itunes they are knives yeah they are like fabulous kitchen knives and they're like three inches long they're just and, incredible. Uh, <laughs> They're just incredible. And they so match the today the theme of today's show. The theme of today's show is what is wrong with men? <laughs> like I mean, actually, that is the theme of the season. Actually, the theme of the show in general. But today is a special case. Maybe the most special case we've ever had on the show. And we have had some interesting cases. Yeah, but this is maybe the wildest thing a man has ever done, <laughs> in my in my experience. Okay. Yeah, and I've had like so many wild things happen yeah, to me with same. men, which is why I'm like, there's something like I think we're always couching what is wrong with men in terms of how men interact with women. But now I'm just like, no, 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 this has nothing actually to do with women. Like something is desperately wrong with this, men. <laughs> yeah, this, and of course I say that. Uh, also with the caveat that not all men. No, of course, guys. Don't come for us in the comments. Not all men. I mean, obviously not all men because like that's the frustrating thing about having these conversations is like the men who 
who are, agree with us and we have plenty of male listeners who love us to death uh they know like alex is here producing the <laughs> podcast we're married you know he's a man yeah. like obviously we know no, i was not i was men. uh dave was experiencing this story uh with me yesterday and was so thoughtful and gentle and kind about it and like at three o'clock this is the first son we've had for months and he like set up the chairs and got us each a beverage and he's like Joss come on let's go let's just go outside for a minute honey you're gonna need to process <laughs> this you know and like he agrees like something is wrong with men so yeah I'm gonna start the story way 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 back yeah to when I was in high school and yes we're going senior back. senior, senior year. year of high school maybe like last part of junior year and uh first part of senior year of high school I got a job working at the local paper and I was an ad designer and I got the job because I applied for it. Also, I was totally qualified, but the guy who was supposed to interview me didn't show up for the interview. So he stood me up for the interview and I showed up. I'm all dressed up. It's like my first professional interview and he's not there. And then like a couple weeks later, he calls me back and he's like, oh yeah, so uh, we'll just go ahead and hire you. So this guy, I'm 17 years old, maybe I'm 16. This guy is 30 and he is not just my boss, but he's my boss's boss. And within a few weeks, he starts pursuing me pretty heavily. Romantically. Romantically. And, and he, he is? He's 30. 30. He's 30. And Just want to make sure boss. people understand that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I would say... I was a pretty sophisticated 17-year-old. Um, however, I was still, looking back on it, very immature person. Yeah. Because I was 17. Yeah. I mean, you were a very sophisticated 17-year-old who lived in Caldwell, Idaho. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she's a real woman of the world. <laughs> but yeah. I, you were, I mean, of course, you were always intelligent and smart and sophisticated. Sure. You always have been, I'm sure. And I was. And but I was, you were still a kid. Yeah, you were still, still a child. A very much. And would not mature for a long time in terms of realizing how absolutely predatory he was <laughs> and how dysfunctional this short relationship was. Um, so we kind of started seeing each other. But because he was my boss and because I was underage, all we ever did was hang out at his shitty apartment and then his eventually his shitty house. He had no furniture. He was um, he was he had been married twice. He was um, he he considered himself, I think. No, I know he considered himself an intellectual, very sophisticated person, um, but he really wasn't. Um, he was from California, so that held a lot of cachet for me for some reason. But, you know, he was the typical, like, I'm an intellectual, cerebral type, but just in the most cliche ways, you know? So, he, so we started seeing each other. We dated for a little while, but he was a terrible boyfriend. He was terrible. He, the only things that we ever did was hang out at his place, watch movies, smoke pot, eat pizza, and he would frequently go on on uh, business trips and he would always break up with me before he went on these business trips. Mm. And then he would like call me from um, 
I don't know, maybe he had a cell phone <laughs> or he would call me as soon as he was getting back and he'd want me to pick him up at the airport and he'd want to, you know, get back together with me. But then he would always somehow disclose that he had cheated on me when he was on this trip. And he did this like multiple times. I don't remember exactly how many times, but he, because we were, had, because he'd broken up with me beforehand, uh, you know, like somehow it was okay that he cheated on me. So he was lousy guy, really lousy guy. And so we dated for a little while and then I finally was gonna graduate from high school and realized like, I, that's enough. We don't, I don't need to be with this guy anymore. Which, thank God. Which, thank God. Like, you were 17. Like, let's let's give shout out really quick to 17-year-old Jocelyn that, like, a lot of women end up 12 years in with a guy like that before they finally Easily, realize. Because he was so, you know, I was really unsophisticated in the, in the ways of relationships. I had only had uh, high school relationships. So I hadn't been with somebody who had, you know... 10 12 years more experience in relationships than i had so he was extremely manipulative and he would he knew exactly how to um you know push and pull to get me to behave in a certain way and i didn't i i knew some of it then but only looking back on it now as an adult or even 10 years ago 15 years ago i was like oh my god he was awful he was really manipulative to me and so i did eventually get out of the relationship we had dated no more than a year and in fact must much of that had been really fraught times it was um i don't i don't i can't even think about one time that we had that was like fun and easygoing and breezy and relationshipy you know it was always like kind of icky he did a lot of drugs um he had terrible taste you know he drove a dodge neon and he had dirty carpet in his house and a dodge (laughs) neon a dodge neon a dodge neon and the audacity to think you like and did every guy who dated teenage girls when they were 30 like does every guy did they all had a dodge neon every creepy older guy i dated had a dodge neon that's just like the car of choice i well, guess uh, yeah for and he, you know he worked in a like this middle management job at the paper in nampa idaho like yeah. what he and was did gross. you think he was like because like you said he was from california like you kind of thought he was cool Cause I know I had a, I had a, a 32 year old boyfriend when I was um, 18 and I remember thinking he was so cool. And then the other day I was like, that guy was an accountant <laughs> who drove a like 1990, 98 Mustang, you know, just like truly the dorkiest man. But did you think he was cool? Oh, I thought he was cool. He was tall. I mean, now that I think about it, I'm like, I think he was maybe like, okay, okay, kids six six foot tall six two or something he was um he had he always referred to his eyes as bedroom eyes you know, he referred kind of, to his own eyes as bedroom <laughs> eyes? but this is what i was gonna say i think that i thought he was cool because <laughs> he was yeah, kind of a guy who refers to his own eyes as bedroom eyes I'm so sorry. This is a tragic he story. May, this but. may be just something I'm making up now, but because I because it was literally so long ago, it's impossible for me to even remember. But I think 
he told me that his stepmom told him that he was going to get into trouble with those eyes. And I think oh. that's what he told me. <laughs> okay. So, like, no, yeah, cycle like, of abuse. Cycle of abuse. <laughs> cycle of abuse, yes. So, wow, okay. I did think he was cool, but when I look at back on it now, you know, like he wore these stupid button-down shirts. Yeah. And um, he was a schlub. He was fat because he didn't take care of himself and didn't care about himself. Um, but I think one of the reasons that I really liked him was because he was sort of like so there was something appealing about the fact that it was an illicit relationship oh yeah sure because like you knew it was hidden right you I knew, knew it was hidden and I think he played it up that it was an illicit relationship and that we had this age difference and he found it really sexy and so then I found it really sexy yeah. you know um, but I don't think I would be a, I mean I don't think modern me would be attracted yeah. oh, to him yeah, at all. No, no, like no. I would be like, I would see right through it. Yeah. And you know, to my parents' credit, they, I mean, they loathed him and yeah. my dad was always making fun of him. Um, but they didn't, they didn't prohibit me from seeing him or anything. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's over. Like many of the relationships we have in our youths. Bye-bye. Yeah. You know, Hope I never see you again. He moved. Um, I don't even know when. Like a few years later, he moved overseas. And um, great. Bye. But he never stopped contacting me. Never. He would. This was in the era before cell phones. He would send me postcards. Um, he would write emails. He would instant message me on whatever, you know, site had instant messaging. Um and later he would call me and every three or four months, maybe every six months, he would just like somehow appear. And it was always one of two things. Um, bragging about some kind of completely moral, morally bankrupt behavior that he was engaged in. And two, um, talking about how much he loved me and how much he regretted that we were no longer together and how amazing I was and how he wished we were still together. And I never reciprocated this. <laughs> I never reached out. I only ever responded to him and many times said, that's not true. Um, that's not who I am. You don't know me. This isn't my life. Like, from the time I have not, I have not seen this person since I was 18 years old. 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, he is still contacting me and telling me that I'm his fairy princess and referring to things that I would like and that he thought of me when he did this and I can't tell you how little this man knew about me. <laughs> and yet <laughs> he built up this like absurd, I don't know, persona, a fantasy, a fantasy of me that I kept squashing because I just never, I, I was just like, this, this isn't real. Like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. And 
but I did humor him in that I responded to him. And now that I look back, I should have never responded to him all those years. I accommodated him because that's what women do. We accommodate people. Mm -hmm. But even just, you know, a few years in, I was like, he was 30 years old. I was 17 years old. He, he never, he was a predator. Yeah. Okay. And he was a no predator. No question about that. He was a predator. In case anybody listening or watching is like, <laughs> well, a lot of times in a relationship, an age difference. Nope. But this man was a predator. He was 30 years old. I was 17. He was your boss. He was my boss. There's no. There was a, there was a power dynamic that was clearly him in power. Yeah. And he maintained that and he insisted on maintaining it for the next 17 years. Mm -hmm. That's so, what he missed. I mean, when you come down to it. Right. That's what he missed. And so, and, and the other thing that really, really bothered me about this interaction, I mean, I can't even, I, I don't know what's worse. I think I was really uncomfortable a lot of times when he was talking about this person that he was obsessed with and that he was in love with and that um, this relationship that he should have had with me. But then the other part was that he was just not a good guy. You know, like he would, he got married again. He would cheat on his wife, or at least he would tell me these things. I don't even know like what part of it was true, what part of it wasn't true, but he always represented himself as this like renegade asshole intellectual who, um, you know, thought he was in a Bukowski novel or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, and he was, he was like, kind of trying to shock me with his behavior while at the same time intrigue me with his behavior. Yeah. And so it's it was also kind of also a, a like a, a dominance move to continue to reach out to you over and over, even though you're like, leave me alone. But then to also like sort of pepper that inter those interactions with like, I don't know, like his sexual conquests. It's yeah. like what he was doing, the emotional abuse he was doing when you were a kid, where he would pick him up from the airport and he'd be like, I fucked these gals. Right. He was doing it to you after you broke up. Right. Still. Right. Which, and I was, and I, and I think, yes, I rejected him, but also I'd let him still contact me. You know, I would like play along. I'd be like, oh yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. You know, I would, sure. I would respond. And I, I, I always thought he was a total sleazebag and I was offended by the way he treated women and I was offended by the way he went about living in the world. But part of me also was like, okay, you know, this guy, he lives overseas. He's, he was almost not even a person to me anymore. Yeah. You know, I didn't, he was just like this character. Um, but the older I got, the more I was like, oh, wait, I actually don't have to have this person in my life. I don't like this person. I don't admire this person. I don't find him appealing uh, emotionally, physically, um, mentally, <laughs> like nothing about him appealed to me. And I understand why my 17 year old self was interested in him. But that was such a fleeting moment. Yeah that in 2009 i finally decided to cut him off and the reason that i decided to cut him off i think i was just going over this yesterday trying to remember uh, if this was actually when it happened but let's see this was oh no this was 
2008, April, he sent me a chat. It says, I'm drunk and going to bed, but I wanted to send you a poem I just wrote to my ex-wife celebrating her death. Please let me know what you think. I'm wow. not going to read you this whole poem because it's really long and it's really fucking bad. <laughs> but I will read you the part of it that's the worst. When I think of those who crossed me, those of whom I've met, I've never regretted your pussy, <laughs> but I've always regretted we met. <laughs> no, stop. Stop for a minute. Stop. Stop. How is this a real man? How is this Because I, it rhymes. Yeah, just wait. It rhymes. It rhymes. She squirted like a no. wiggle waggle. She screamed for more and more. Gave me the clap when I met her. Oh, God. And again, as I walk out the door. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Such a shame that piece is dusting, floating like shit upon the sea. Wow. But better she another hundred men than one more night with me. Is he a sea shanty writer? <laughs> what is this? I, I got this poem. This is why he needs you to still be 17 in his fantasy because an adult woman would piss herself <laughs> laughing. Oh, I pissed myself laughing. I what I dug this message up and then I noticed how many people I had forwarded it to. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, you're God. not even going to believe. Oh, like, I could not <sighs> make up this, no. this person. No. This person is crazy. And uh, my response, oh, my only response was, I'm sorry. Why are you sharing this with me? <laughs> Let me remind you. I wanted to send you a poem I just wrote to my ex-wife celebrating her death. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Wow. You want to send this to the person that you knew when they were 17 for one year. Yeah. And this is in 2008. I graduated in 1995. Yeah. In 2008, he sent me that poem in a chat. Just, you know, here you go. I was, and... I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I'll be real. I, was, I thought I was prepared for a lot of ups and downs in this conversation. But that, <laughs> wow. And that is only just one example. Like, yeah. it would happen every three or four months. Like, some completely off-the-wall bonkers thing, he would say, that I was, like, I mean, really... Whether any of it is even true, I don't know if his ex-wife died. That was never part of our conversation. We didn't know each other's lives. He didn't know where I even lived most of the time. You know, like what part of the country, let alone like had a beer with me. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like he would just erupt into my life and then like spooge you all this were, like garbage. Yeah. I was just going to say you were just an audience. Yes. That's all. I was just an audience. And, and that's why he was like, I miss you. I wish I wish we were still together is because when you're 17, that's what you are to an older man is an audience because you're just, you know, you're just a little sponge when you're a, a child like that. And so he missed that you would sit there wide eyed and listen to his 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Sanity. and I looked back at some of those chats th- yesterday and I thought, yeah, I just, I would every once in a while try to introduce him to who I am now. Yeah. Like by telling him things about myself and he would never react to those things. Yeah. He would never respond to those things. He would only give me what he wanted to give and then he would keep this idea of me over here and then he would he would put that on me you know like this is who you are this is what you were you know why are you denying it why are you why are you not being this you know yes you are this which is i imagine he, it was so limiting it was yeah. just like i wish you would want to know me who i am yeah because i mean actually i don't wish you would but what i mean is like it would be flattering if you actually engaged with my person yeah instead of some weird reminiscence you have of me that's not also based in reality you know because it's not like we had a dreamy romance yeah you know it's it's also got to be like kind of re-traumatizing in a way because like he he every time is approaching you as your child self yeah you know approaching you as this that kid which you know that person is still in there your whole life and so I imagine like it's kind of got to be re-traumatizing to have him like approach you like you're still a child and have you be like, no, I'm not a child and have him be like, no, but I wish you were, you know, like it feels like that would be really re-traumatizing. It it it, it feels like one of those things like oftentimes happens with siblings where you your relationship is just this. It's formed when you are so young and it's so impossible to get out of that dynamic of an early relationship that was formed. Like unless you spend a lot of time with with a person and and continue to grow that you can like stunt yourself in that that experience i mean i think that's what's happened that what what happened to my parents when they met when they were 13 like, oh yeah there's parts of them that will never their relationship can never develop beyond the time that they met because they were children yeah and so i i i just couldn't ever figure out like why this was so important to him and maybe it is it's just it was a fantasy yeah but um at 2000 between 2008 and 2009 i finally realized like oh i can just cut him out of my life like uh, why it's so hard to realize that a person that is in your life for a short period of time doesn't have to remain there forever (laughs) why that was so hard for me but um, well, because and also because we're sort of used to men being like, I would like this space and being like, oh, OK. Yeah. Instead of being like tough shit. No, you yeah. don't get any. I mean, space. when I think about like all the people that I had, you know, like decent, OK relationships with that I could still be in touch with and it would be fine. OK, but um, why he took up so much space for so fucking long when there was nothing redemptive about what we had ever I am so excited for people listening and watching because where this goes, <laughs> where this story is going to go is okay. Well, is everybody sufficiently low? So we okay. Person? So we hate this guy. <clears throat> so, so we hate him. Yeah, we hate him. But, He's you terrible. Know, I have had um, my big book of bad dates, my blog, for a long time at this point, um, and I'm talking 2008, 2009, and he did appear in my blog, and oftentimes I would not. Uh, you know, I would just copy and paste what he wrote to me because it was just like that terrible poem. It was like, I couldn't make it up. So here you go. Read this crazy person. 
Um, and he knew about my blog and he, you know, he would like send me a message and he would say that this isn't like my copyrighted information and you have no right to copy it. And it's like, well, then don't contact me. If you don't want me to put it in the blog, why are you writing this crazy stuff to me? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I cut him off and I blocked him from all of my social media and that was in 2009. Don't contact me anymore. Fast forward to 2011. I log on to LinkedIn and there's a message from him. And I'm like, he literally could not contact me anywhere. He had to go like, to LinkedIn. He had to go to LinkedIn. Like I blocked him from everything. Or stalkers. Else. They, their tagline <laughs> should be a stalker's last resort. <laughs> Such a last resort. I was like, really, dude? LinkedIn? And he tells me, he's like, um, so when I had been in high school, I had written him this poem called Killing Isabella. Um, which was about the fact that he was obsessed with Isabella Rossellini and he was always wishing that I was Isabella Rossellini. And I was like, well, I'm from Caldwell, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he's also killing the Isabella Rossellini guy. Yeah. I did not put that together. Yeah. Jesus That's, Christ. So he, I okay. wrote in this poem when we broke up that was called Killing Isabella. And I was like, you, you know, you just never appreciated me for who I am. And I was never going to be that person. Um, and you're crazy because you're never going to be. Did with you her. talk about squirting in it? <laughs> <laughs> like in his, I just figured you did probably. <laughs> so, so I'm like, please don't contact me anymore. I don't want to be in contact with you. Just leave me alone. Don't contact me on LinkedIn. And he's like, oh, don't be so hard. And I was like, it's not being hard. It's not. It's just leave me alone. You are not part of my life anymore. And he says, I have terminal cancer. Would you like, because he had kept the poem and framed it, would you like killing Isabella? And I said, no. I'm sorry you're ill. <laughs> I, I hope you have friends and family for you right now. Okay? When I looked back yesterday, I realized that he had started talking about having cancer in his chats with me in about 2009, 2008, 2009. He had mentioned it before. So this wasn't the first time that he told me, oh, I think I might have cancer. I'm not feeling well. Things aren't good. So, um, yeah, too bad. You have brain cancer. Terminal cancer. Sucks to be you. Um, and then supposedly he died. And I got an email from, I don't know if at the time it was his wife or ex-wife, um, telling me that he died and that he'd been surrounded by friends and family. It was ex-wife because I remember it was his ex-wife and she sent you and it was like, well, I don't know why she felt like she needed to reach out to me at the time you were like, I don't know why she was reaching out to me, but she's letting me know he died. Well, she she was letting me know that he died and that he had only fond things to say about me, but that I had treated him poorly for the entirety of, you know, our, so fucking what? 
Like who cares? Yeah, like, it was he very kept coming around. It was like, pretty accusatory. It was, it was accusatory. Like, it was you mean. And the last line of it was, "I hope you die alone." Yeah, hope you die alone. So, um, great. That was uh, right after he died, and then um, I looked back yesterday, and at a couple of occasions, all the way up until 2013. There were comments left by this person who was either his wife or his ex-wife or a good friend because she said things on my blog like uh, the reason that he called killing Isabella, kissing Isabella was because at the time he was pretty far gone and, uh, you know, he still spoke fondly of you and blah, blah, blah. So this person up until 2013 is making comments on my blog after he has died. Defending him, defending him, making me feel bad, trying to make you feel bad, and saying like Insisting. you shouldn't have been so shitty to him right before he died. He he tried to. How dare you? He tried to make amends with you, and you wouldn't accept it. Like really, you know, trying to make you feel like shit. Yeah. So great. I mean, <laughs> I went up and and told the story at Story Story Night, and um, that was great. And for the last nine years, I have felt like. Thank God that guy's fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. Earlier you said, say the thing that you said earlier about how it's his most redeemable, like whatever you said. Yeah. I mean, really the only redeeming quality about him was that he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most likable <laughs> thing about him was that he had the good grace to die. They, yeah. Thank you. you. Thank you. And goodbye. And, and uh, so yesterday I logged on to LinkedIn. Fucking LinkedIn. Which this makes it seem like I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm never on LinkedIn. And once a decade. <laughs> yeah. Once a decade. Like I I don't I don't use it. Um I have LinkedIn, you know, like for my professional job, whatever. So I log in. And you know how it has those like people you might know? It says people you might know. And there he is. And I'm like, well, LinkedIn, I did know that guy, but he died. But then I realized it was like a, things, people you might know and things that they're doing. Because <laughs> it was like a new post. And it was like, oh, this guy, he's coming to do this class. He's going to be working with us. And I was like, what are you talking about? It must be somebody else. So I clicked on the, the profile and it was him. It was him to the point where in his resume, it says he worked at the Idaho Press Tribune in 1994 to 1998. Which, by the way, when you sent me a screenshot of his profile, I was just floored by how old <laughs> this man is. Because he had a grown-up journalism adult job in 1990. Yeah. It was like 1990 to 1993, worked as an IT specialist. And I was like, that's an old man. <laughs> Not that we're like spring chickens, but like to have a grown-up yeah. job in 1990. Yeah, he was 30 when he dated me in 1995. Yeah. And then I was like, I was so confused. I was like, is it somebody, is it his son? Like, is it... Someone's impersonating him someone's on LinkedIn? Yeah. yeah, I was just like, this is bizarre. No. He's alive. <laughs> He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. So no, that silence is, uh, yeah. So he's alive. 
he's, he's alive, alive and he's still on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I sent him an, a message and my message said, I thought you were dead because you perpetrated this whole ruse. It was a whole ruse. It was a whole ruse. It wasn't just like I disappeared from your life. It was a full on multi-year campaign. And he didn't just tell you, hey, I'm like, I'm dead. I died. No. Nope. And then disappear. No. He told you he was dying for quite a while. Yeah. Staged the death. Then had his ex-wife who is clearly him yes comment on your blogs and email you and try to make you feel bad for years yes yeah yes and please will you do you mind reading yes. the message no, so, so you wrote him and you said i thought you died so that was just my initial response because i i was so oh boy oh, boy. oh here we go bark city bark city sorry come everybody come on <laughs> come here, um, no barks no barks we're we're good boys over here these, I swear boys. they haven't even been home for two weeks and now they're home all of a sudden. Um, I, I, I was so shocked by this because the problem is... No, 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 no. Um, we're not naughty. We're not naughty. And we're talking about this one day later. And so like more and more layers of this have come up to me, like me realizing that I hadn't talked to him for several years before he started this campaign. Um, so I'm going to read you no. No. what he said. And then I want to read it again and I want to go point by point. Yeah. Oh, it, it deserves that. <laughs> yeah. I thought you died. Well, to you, I did. Jocelyn, I never hated you, but accepted you hated me with the same passion you at one time tried to love me. Over 15 years ago, I understood how cruel it was to deny your love and how stupid it was to deny myself to love you. It wasn't out of nostalgia or of longing for the past. It came after an episode of self-reflection and growing up. You don't like hearing it, but I loved you, Jocelyn. Yet unfortunately, we met at the wrong time and I had a problem with our relationship. It could have been perfect. But I wasn't brave enough to embrace it. I wasn't mature enough to accept it, and I didn't feel I deserved it. While I felt welcomed by your family, it seemed to be an Ingmar Bergman film. <laughs> and I had a problem with it, especially after your mother's friend called me at work. <laughs> but it is what it is. Oh, it is. It is. And as you said, <laughs> before my death, it was long ago and in the past. You had seemed to move away from it, moved on, put blame, whether justly or not, on me. And I accepted it because it was how you felt, and I could not deny you that. I enjoyed reading your blog, and I received an anonymous link to your reading. I found it entertaining, and it made me laugh, although you credited Malik with things he never did. But it's your story. And you have every right to tell it the way you wish. Take care of yourself. And I hope you have found happiness. Fondly, Michael. I have to tell you, <laughs> when you sent that to me yesterday, 
I read it, read it again, sat down, read it a third time. And I, I mean, we have to go through it line by line because honestly, a, a stranger message has never been sent to anybody on the planet. Like even just the very end, fondly. <laughs> okay, well, Michael. I do have to say he sent that about an hour after I asked him if he was dead. <laughs> and then, and I immediately copied it. Oh yeah. And sent it to you. And then he deleted it and resent it. And do you want to know what he changed? What? <laughs> he didn't put fondly. <laughs> he took out the fondly. That's the only thing. You know what? After a reread, I realized not fondly. Not fondly. I should have, you know what I should have said in that? Sincerely. Yeah. Mm. Best. Michael. Okay, let's let's break it down. Okay. Let's break it down. Because it's wild, okay? There's so many layers. That's why I read it so many times yesterday. And I, the first time I read it, I was baffled. Then I was like infuriated. Then I was baffled again. There's so many layers to this message of this man who preyed on you. Like, I, okay, it was if a man was just like, it was a different time. You know, <laughs> if he was just like, it was a different time and left you alone for the rest of your life, like you wouldn't even think about him. Like, but instead he's faked his death. He's commented on your shit for years. his death because I had. Yeah, because you blocked Because him. I wouldn't let him contact me anymore yeah. so years after i wouldn't let him contact me anymore he wasn't he wasn't dying so that he could get out of my life he was dying so that he could get back in my life oh yeah yeah he wasn't like oh oops i dated a child better move to london and uh dis and fake my own death <laughs> like that's not what <laughs> he happened he wasn't here. like faking his death because of all of that he was faking it because i would not engage with him anymore he was like the child i dated is having good boundaries how do i get around them <laughs> i know yeah and then made me feel bad for him dying yeah let's unpack okay it. well to you i did let's pause right there yeah okay so so he didn't die to me. He died for me. It was explicitly in response and for me. Yeah. But also just the tone of that. You earlier had mentioned that he saw himself as like a Charles Bukowski and like that line. We read it again. Yeah. Well, to you, I did. Jocelyn. Well, to you, I did, Jocelyn. Like, you're like, I thought you died. And he's like, well, to you, I did. Like, this guy thinks he is in a Charles Bukowski. Like, doesn't that read like a character in a Charles Bukowski novel? Like, I remember reading Bukowski as a very young woman because all the men in my life were like, this is great. He's got to love him. And I and hating it, hating everything about it, hating him, hating toxic the characters. Toxic masculinity. To toxic, toxic. And like, and like, but that, he, he does think he's Bukowski. Yeah. Like, just, it's so crazy. That first line to me sort of encompasses like the entire thing in a weird way just the condescension and the like weird tongue-in-cheek like you're being the crazy one here right you That's thought what, i died yeah not i perpetrated a years-long yeah. campaign like, of faking your own so, death yeah you're, you're so gullible you're, you're so a gullible dumbass. well to you i did oh yeah. my god okay continue yeah. i just couldn't get over that first i line. never hated you why would you hate me? <laughs> what did I ever do? <laughs> but accepted you hated me with the same passion 
you at one time tried to love me when I was 17. Do you remember how hot you were for me? <laughs> Do you remember that? You literally pick with me the up at the same airport. passion. You at one time tried to love me, dude, dude. How long ago did I and for how long did I love you? Not for very long, my friend. No. I've had more passion for flavors of ice cream <laughs> than I ever had for you. Over 15 years ago, I understood how cruel it was to deny your love. Okay, and so every line, this line and every line after this implies that he broke up with you and has regretted it since. When actually you broke up with him and then from then on continue to have boundaries with him and okay, be like leave but what me he's alone. saying is over 15 years ago so i have not seen him in 25 years 25 years right i graduated from high school in 1995 even that he thinks it's been 15 years no he decided 15 years ago oh. after he hadn't seen me for 10 years that it was cruel that he had denied my love <laughs> the love the passionate love of a 17 year old and how stupid it was to deny myself to love you so he's thinking about this 10 years after the last time he's seen me and he's thinking man how stupid was i it wasn't out of nostalgia well it was because you hadn't seen me for 10 years or longing for the past what else was it it was only in the past it hadn't lived in the future or in the present tense for a long time. You didn't like hearing it, but I loved you, Jocelyn. Oh, wait. It came after an episode of self-reflection and growing up. Oh, my God. That, that line. This guy, so many men and this guy think that they're so self-aware. That's what I think <laughs> a lot of times the, the rub of all of this is, is like when you are a woman trying to tell a man like, how they fucked up they're like and it doesn't matter if you're one woman or 150 women telling a man the same thing they're like i think i'm self-aware enough yeah to know my and own they're issues. gonna tell you that's what's so infuriating yeah. about it it's yeah. like oh 15 years ago i was self-aware after i had probably been telling him like you really should look at this and for what it is you should look at this for who you are i'm yeah. telling you what i see and i'm telling you the problem and instead, you're relying, again, on this very reliable internal dialogue that you're having with yourself, which has never, ever told you the truth about who the fuck you are. Yeah. It has only ever lied to you. And now you're just interpreting it in a different way. And you're saying, 10 years ago, I should have loved that 17-year-old Should have really piece of ass. made that work. Yeah. I should have done that. And I'm never going to let was, you forget it because I, I regret it. I was too scared. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't mature now, enough. Now, I was 30, but now I'm 50. Am I right? 58? This is a 58-year-old <laughs> man. A 58-year-old man writing you this letter right now. This yeah. email or this text. Like, and it wasn't about nostalgia. And it yeah. wasn't about the past. It was because 10 years after he dated a 17-year-old, he thought, I should have I maybe locked that down. Should have locked it down. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she never wanted me to she lock. dumped me yeah, but yeah, no no yeah, yeah. he should have done that unfortunately we met at the wrong time yeah i was a baby yes yeah i, I was, was a, 17 i was a literal child that is true yeah that was the wrong time that was yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, and guess what? Any time after that would have also been the wrong time because on what planet he thinks we would have ever been together, I don't know. It was That was the wrong time, but maybe, maybe there was a right time. Uh, I had a problem with our relationship. Sure. It could have been perfect. Let's just that that let's just let that stand alone, really. It could have been perfect, Jocelyn. It could have been perfect. You and this 30-year-old man. And what could were have all had? these circumstances that would have made it perfect? What reality is he living in that he thinks at any point it could have been perfect? What? When could it have been perfect? How could it have been what perfect? What does it even mean? You don't what? What? I wasn't brave enough to embrace it. I wasn't mature enough to accept it. And I didn't feel I deserved it. Again, we're talking about a relationship that a 30-year-old man is having with his 17-year-old subordinate. 25 years ago, he's 58 now, and he's still like... It's wild how completely... I mean, the whole point of this message is to paint himself as the as the victim uh, of his of his own... <laughs> whatever i guess because he's like i wasn't brave enough it's it's like false accountability i wasn't brave enough at the time i i wasn't you know but like at the same time and he's completely denying the question the, was the rejection the quirk yeah the fact that i have continued to reject him since the first time that i rejected him there was no opening for you yeah i didn't want you. I really. I, I should have been braver. You. I should have been more and mature. That's for me, the whole thing is that he absolutely cannot conceive of me rejecting him. Yeah. He can only think maybe if I tried this, maybe if I'd done this, maybe if I sent her. You don't a, have an opinion in his fantasy world. You don't have an opinion. I'm not even part of it. No. The person who I am since the day that I since the last day that I saw him is this entirely fabricated person. It has nothing to do with me. And so he's just like, I, I could, it could have been perfect. I, we could have done it. No, I wasn't brave enough to embrace it. I wasn't mature enough to accept it. And you think somehow I, I was mature you were the adult and like in this situation you in his fantasy he's come up with which is so weird because i feel like i have had this when i was a much younger woman had like similar circumstances to this like when i was like a very young woman dating older guys would they were they would treat me like i was the adult like i was the well, mature oh yeah one. he'd love to say that you were an old soul yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah every 17 year old girl is an old soul to yeah say her perverted old boyfriend yeah um, while I felt welcomed by your family, I don't know, like that, speaking of fantasy, my family did not welcome him. He is still, after all the shitty appointments that I've had in my life, <laughs> the quintessential Jocelyn has dated terrible people. Yeah. Like, I, um, my Uncle Jerry, who I love so much, who has been there and has met so many of my boyfriends, 
he always referred to Michael as the existentialist because Michael <laughs> had the nerve to come to dinner sometime and like like he was some kind of a philosopher poet, oh you know? God. And it's oh just the, oh, the let ex- me sing you guys a sea shanty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an existentialist. Really? Oh really? God. Or are you just a dumbass? Uh I I felt welcomed by your family. It seemed to be an Ingmar Bergman film. <laughs> I don't my nose is going to bleed. I'm going to get a nosebleed, <laughs> literally, from this. <laughs> and I had a problem with it, especially after your mother's friend called me at work. Okay. So this stuck out to me. This stuck out to me. Your family welcomed me. We had a storybook romance even after, which I'm, assu- I'm making a big assumption here, but I'm assuming your mother's friend called him at work to say, you're dating a fucking child. So I Stop don't know it. because it's been 25 years. Yeah. I, and I have, I mean... this. It's not like I'm reliving this relationship at all, ever. <laughs> I'm not. This all just was, remi- I was reminded of it yesterday when he was not dead anymore. Um, I think he's referring to my mom's friend, Mary. And I feel like she, and I feel like I should thank her now because I have a feeling she called him and said, this is an absolutely inappropriate relationship. And I think she was the only one. Shout out to Mary. That had the balls to do it yeah and she was like no i i don't know that for sure though well it seems like that from them but he remembers yeah he remembers remembers 25 years later that my aunt mary called and also like (laughs) hey you faked your death yeah well blah 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 blah, and your aunt mary hi dave (laughs) hi dave (laughs) yeah there's a puppy 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 podcast yeah because we're talking about we're, we're doing a live read. A live reading, Dave. No, Gavin Pierce. Settle in. Get Alex one. Okay. Um, but it is what it is. Oh, everybody's favorite. Um, and as you said before my death. <laughs> With no acknowledgement how weird it is to pretend you died. But okay. No, no, no. It's not weird. <laughs> It's completely psycho. Yeah. We have to say. We yeah. have to say. It is. It's completely psycho. It is. I mean, we're laughing about it, but yeah. really, this behavior is completely and totally. I mean, we are. You're right, and we're laughing about it because partly because he lives in the UK. I mean, does he? Does he? <laughs> That's another thing. Does he? Who knows where he is? He's in Nampa still. He's still living off pizza rinds and like. I don't. I but, mean, I just hope that he does because I, I never, but never, it is never. Scary. It's, it's yeah. a very scary, like, and I've weird felt that thing. fear. I mean, I've moved from places. I moved from Tucson because I had yeah. so much fear about yeah. ex boyfriends. Um, you seemed, you had seemed to move away from it. Yeah, I had moved away from it yeah. when we broke up. When I was eighteen years old. Yeah. Moved on. Put blame, this kills me, whether justly or not, on me. And this is what we're talking about. Like, it's all very funny. But at the end of the day, this man who preyed on you when you were a child, who stalked you for years, who faked his own death so he could continue to stalk you anonymous, like semi-anonymously, then is like, you seem to have put blame on me, whether justly or not. You know, like at the end of the day, still cannot in any way see himself as the villain in this story you know like that's i i feel like that is so 
that is the, the scary psychopath part of this. And and two, like, what does it matter who's like, I don't care about blame as much as I care about it's over. Yeah. Like what blame I'm blaming him for continuing to harass me for an extended period of time, decades. Um, if he's talking about blaming me for ending the relationship, I never wanted that relationship back. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it was his fault or if it was my fault or if we're both going to have equal blame in the end of this relationship. I don't give shit. Or even if he's saying he's blaming you for having to fake his own death, even that is like, dude, can you not see that at the end of the day, like what you, Michael, I hope you're watching this and I think you probably are. Hi, Emma Arnold, comedian, friend. Uh woman (laughs) adult adult woman and i just wonder i want you to know that you are unequivocally the villain in this story that the blame is entirely on you that when i say you fucked up initially by dating a child then by stalking that child for years then by faking your own death and not using that opportunity to disappear entirely or even better actually die (laughs) you instead you come back after all this Thank time and when you're confronted both of us were wrong yeah but i mean where can instead of being like yeah i did that i faked my own you know like then like this you think that charles bukowski and the characters characters he wrote are like the epitome epitome of masculinity but you know what the epitome of actual good masculinity is is a fucked up babe and accountability. accountability accountability that's it that is like you after all of this time you could have made this right so easily by being like yeah that was a weird thing to do and then blocking her and never talking to her again like the amount of the or l- respecting the fact that i didn't want to have a relationship with him beyond the point that we that i had agreed to be in a relationship yeah yeah. We were no longer in a relationship and I told you we were no longer in a relationship and that I didn't want to be and I did not uh I did not hesitate on that. I was very explicit. I was on purpose with my language. No, we're no you're wrong. This is not who I am. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. I've moved on from this. He never honored my wish to not be in a relationship with him. He is still in relationship with me. Yeah. And I, I denied him that. And he would not honor it. That is the villainy to me. Is that you never fucking let it go. Then I blocked you. And you didn't let it go. Even now. Even now. When you're like. So you're not dead. You're not letting it go. Like even now. He's still like. I I still love you. We still have something. You have to admit, Jocelyn, we had something really special that I was just not adult enough at the time. Like, when are we going to stop acting like a 30-year-old man is a baby who doesn't know himself? Uh, Oh, my God. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. Whether justly or not, you put blame on me, and I still blame you, and it's completely right. I accepted it because it was how you felt, and I could not deny you that. And yet you continue to deny me that. I enjoyed reading your blog. 
and I received an anonymous link to your reading. No, did you? Really? An anonymous link? Or did you stalk me and know immediately? Relentlessly. Yeah. And you're still stalking. Nobody is sending you wink, wink, anonymous links. Nobody's doing that. You know He's in cybersecurity. Come on. Yeah. Like all he's doing is pecking Oh my around god, it's probably his drone. His pecker on the fucking That's Drone Boy's drone. It's his drone. Is. He's packed in. I found it entertaining and it made me laugh although you credited Malik with things he never did. I You know what I did? I gave him more credit as I did in my blog as being a flawed human. Right? He's not just a flawed human. That is where that is where I think we're going wrong as women. Yeah. Honest to God. I think, I think like, you know, I know like not all men, not all men. Okay, fine. So then Alex is a man. Dave is a man. These fucking animals like this guy, this, like I try so hard to have compassion for everyone I meet. But when you, when you bump into someone like this, who is so clearly like the most toxic kind of narcissist who, by the way, just as an aside, why is it every narcissist in my life has also pretended to die of cancer at some point? (laughs) Like literally once every three or five, three to five years, my estranged uh, biological father will be like, well, it looks like I won't make it another six months. And I'm like, really? Because you've been saying that since like 1994. Yeah. Uh, So I think like these these people, I don't think that they are like there's not a there's not enough therapy in the world for Michael to get. No, no, no. He's not going to heal from this. Like that's what I'm saying. The the things that I credit him with as Malik in my blog was that I credit him for being a human. Mm -hmm. He's not human. This is inhuman behavior. It's narcissistic. It's pathological. It's psychopathic. It really, really is. That is what this is. Yeah. And so. uh, I made him more human than he ever was. And he treated me not as a human. He did not reciprocate humanity. He would never um, rise to the level of humanity that I credit him with. Maybe this is just because I've been playing a lot of Dune the board game <laughs> and I'm not I don't know if you're a Dune fan but should we just start gomjabarring men? <laughs> like just it's just an automatic you put their hand in a box and if they can answer like if you if you can if you can be like uh hey tell me about a time you were wrong and if they can tell you one time they get to live if they're like i don't understand the question it's snip it's gone we're done i just don't know i can't think we've been trying therapy and i don't feel like there's a certain kind of dude it's just not working on it's just it's like the is this guy you know can you rehabilitate somebody no no and that's why you cut them out but they won't leave yeah yeah they persist which even that even that like Something that has I have had this uh, realization about big time recently is I've have I have several men in my like life like this okay like a handful of guys who like like perpetuate this like fantasy that we should have been together and that we were perfect for each other and I have always sort of taken that you know uh, as like you said like as flattery to the fact that I am an amazing person and like I was a lot to lose and blah 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 but then recently I was talking to another woman who had dated the same person and she said oh he says that shit to me too and I had this aha moment of like do they just do this with every single woman that they dated because they can't let go of the idea of you letting go of them like my my last ex who you know one time very accidentally honestly he said I don't care about you 
like I don't really care about you I care about you forgetting me mm-hmm. and it was this like aha moment yeah. like I was like oh you don't love me like you love you love me loving you you right. know and you- what 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 Michael is doing here is he has to keep reasserting himself because he's he cannot conceive of me rejecting him and so he just keeps thinking if I somehow present in a different way then I then she won't reject me but he's not seeing the rejection he doesn't believe it yeah he does not which a narcissist can't a narcissist cannot at the end of the day accept that you've the only way to get rid of a narcissist genuinely is to let them reject you (laughs) like you have to just be like oh no (laughs) my heart it's broken how will i live anyway bye-bye oh my god or what if we fake your death okay (laughs) just spitballing here oh god bad news guys uh last podcast i send this to my sister and she's like do you think i could get a new job if i faked my own death (laughs) like she's been trying all just like applying for different things and she's like here's an idea maybe he's on to something you know maybe just fake die okay so that was in 2011 when he fake died and so now we're 10 years on and i am honestly so bummed that he's not dead i I went to bed last night just so heartbroken that literally i can't not think about him living in the world anymore i it was such a relief to have him dead for 10 years yeah i get that and i don't want to have any contact with him i don't want to respond to him maybe you should just write back other than damn (laughs) <laughs> I wish you were dead. Yeah. I wish like, you were really, really dead. Like, like you were better dead. Dead was the best place for you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he sent me that and he said, take care of yourself. I hope you have found happiness. If you're watching this, I have found happiness and it's in spite of all of the shitty guys like yeah, him I... that have made it so hard to thrive and yeah. have made it so hard to love and who have insisted on, tromping over things like my generosity and my loyalty and my kindness and my my willingness to look past issues and problems we haven't even talked about the puppy yet (laughs) and um i i I honestly want that's what is the trauma for me Mm -hmm. is that like you fucking did this to me you did this for so long you awful 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 man and i feel like like this is what women do is as like we laugh about this stuff and you know because it literally happened so much to me like I can remember being preyed on from the time I was like like 13 by older guys like one time a guy picked me up at a gas station and drove me up to the top of coal road when I was 13 a like 32 year old man and I didn't realize I was like being kidnapped essentially and luckily I was able to get out of that situation but like a hundred things like that have happened to me a thousand and I think you too and almost every woman I know has all these terrible stories of like stuff like that and what makes me feel really sad is I picture young Jocelyn 17 years old you are so smart and you're such a go-getter and like you're such a great and phenomenal writer and you were 17 and you got that job and you were so excited to be a part of journalism Mm -hmm. and to have a real adult job and like where with him out of the world like Michael I wish you had died when you were 30 I'm saying that 
And I, I want you to know I mean it. Like, I wish you had died when you were 30 before you even met Jocelyn, when you were 29. Because who Jocelyn, and like you turned into an incredible person and I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, but you know but what? But I know. That was a professional job. And uh, I had been working at Pizza Hut prior to that. And when they found out that he and I were having a relationship, I lost my job. Yeah. yeah. He did not lose his job. And who could you and have become? I uh, guess where I had to go. I had to go back to Pizza Hut. Yeah. So when I, and I lost my job because I had an inappropriate relationship with my boss. When, when you were I 17. was 17. And like who you could, and not to say like, like this is a better version of you or whatever, because I don't mean it like that, but who you could have become if at 17, you got to pursue without being fucked with by a bunch of gross older dudes, like your passion and your dream. And like, so, so like that's that job. That's the nostalgia that I have. That's the fucking, yes, exactly. That's the nostalgia yes. I have. My nostalgia is not, gee, I wish it would have worked out with that creep. Yeah. No, my nostalgia is, I wish I never would have met that guy. Yeah. Because he was an unwelcome presence for the entirety of my adulthood. And he he was there before I was even an adult, before I could even see what was wrong with it. And, you know, I was thinking about that in terms of what happened with Ken, too. I was like, I left the state because he tried to kill me. And we laugh about it because it was a completely insane story. But not only, that was just the, the culmination of what happened. The, what really happened was for two years, I was in a relationship with somebody who was also in a relationship with someone else who had a second life. And then when I recognized the betrayal, when I finally realized it, he trivialized that and said like, well, you know, you're always watching entertainment tonight and celebrities are always doing this kind of stuff and you think that it's entertaining. He was like somehow equivocating <laughs> equivocating having a secret wife <laughs> and a secret other life and where and then also living with you in another house in another city to the fact that you like to read us weekly like like or us weekly or whatever that is like like you like celebrity drama don't you like drama in your own <laughs> life i don't like any of the drama no and that that i my whole life was changed I had to move. I had to give up everything that I'd worked for. You know, so many of my things Not were Not to lost. mention the heartbreak of it. Like when you were talking about... Like oh, what? Oh, like how stupid am I that I... No, not stupid. Had, I mean... Had that person in my life and they, they totally took advantage of me. And they... You know, here, here Michael is like still saying like, you you know you were so wonderful you were such a fairy princess you were so beautiful and generous and kind yeah so why didn't you let me be those things and why didn't leave you, me alone why didn't you leave her the fuck alone yeah instead he was like oh and he wasn't even nice to you that's no. the other thing is like he wanted to possess you but then he also wanted to like that's what they do is they they find these little tinkerbells and they're like i want it but i want to pull its wings off and crush it and then he can't he can't accept that like he did damage to you which 
honestly, the only reason this is going like this is because he would have gotten tired of you. You would have aged out eventually anyway, like at 23 or whatever. He would have been like, you're not a child anymore. You're starting to have opinions of your own. And he would have dumped you. I've had men treat me like this my entire life. Even like when I was like 37, men still try to treat you like a little girl. What were we saying the other day? I can't remember what I sent you. And we were like, why men? Oh, who about Brooke Shields? Oh, Brooke Shields. We didn't even we haven't even talked about the Brooke Shields thing on the podcast yet, which ties into this fall perfectly. Yeah. Because apparently they Brooke want Sh- the like slutty baby. Yeah, Brooke Shields posed naked for a Playboy subsidy you know, like they were part of Playboy. I can't remember or Sugar and Spice. For, naked for a Playboy magazine when she was ten years old and incredibly I just am finding out about this, yeah. so I was my blown away. But it makes me think of this as like he that picture of blue i didn't see the nude picture but i saw her face and she's has tons of makeup on and she's like completely like big hair adult face naked baby body and i was like that's what they want is they want like a tarted up baby right i don't understand it but that's what he liked about you was you were just this tarted up baby i honestly don't know what he liked about me and you know it's funny that that this has all happened because um, prior to Christmas, I got an email from another guy that I dated seven, six, seven years ago saying, I'm sorry. I wanted you to know you to know that I, I didn't handle our relationship in a mature way. You were very generous. You were very kind. Your family was great. It was, I mean, it wasn't in any way like this. Um, in that the guy is, you know, he's fine. He's, he didn't, we didn't have an abusive relationship. We just didn't have a successful relationship. And I we wish him, you know, all happiness. Good for you. Go on. But to think, I'm like, I don't even remember your last name. <laughs> like, to think that after all this time, you're still thinking about this and wishing that it had gone differently. Like, why can't you guys move the Fuck on. I, you know why? Because we're amazing and the men we have dated are maniacs. <laughs> so like, yeah, I've dated plenty of people who like Well, even the that's what I'm saying, even the non-maniacs. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh wow, that was 7 years ago. And I looked back as I always do at like the the communications and I was like the same exact thing. Like you were not mature enough to handle this we were even if you're like we were the same age or you were older yeah i wasn't there i wasn't there for you blah 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 and i again i just i'm i i've started to be suspicious of it because i get the i get those messages too i got that a message like that from an ex recently that was really like man we really could have had something but i wasn't emotionally available at the time and i wasn't mature enough and blah 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 and i was like i feel like you're just horny (laughs) and you're just sending this like going through your text sending this to every woman i don't know maybe that's not giving myself enough credit for like like being a cool person to date but i do just feel like i suspect of it like i just feel like i'm totally suspect of it and i and i do think like they they're just are bored. they're bored and they've like gone down their you know little black book list again and they're like yeah. who did i you know not piss off so much that they'll still talk to me and and it is because i'm amazing and i am generous and i am kind and i am way more than i should be yeah and i extend myself and i give opportunities for re- for redemption over and over and over and i realize that that is part of my 
you know, it's a fatal flaw. Yeah. For sure. Like I give people too much accommodation, too much leeway to have, you know, to to live out their um mania and their um <laughs> so hard when there's a puppy here. I know. Well he just went, um, Oh no. But so before we leave this topic of discussion, um, he emailed me again today. Couldn't leave it alone. And the title is... Is it a poem? Say it's a poem. (laughs) No, but the title is Dia de los Muertos. And he did send this to my email. Jesus Christ. Instead of my LinkedIn. Because I didn't respond to his LinkedIn. What motivated you to dig up the dead and disturb my peaceful rest? Jesus Christ. I've not been hiding or using a nom de guerre... I'm relatively easy to find and have even had had contact with mutual acquaintances over the years. I left you alone as you wanted and thought my death would give you finality so you could move on as you were still so angry. But that seems to be your comfort zone. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. We're we're going to London. Uh, You know what? Last night, this is before I heard this message. This is the first time I've heard this second one. Last night, after I got done reading your, that first message he sent, I turned to Alex and I said, I, you know, I don't like toxic masculinity. You know, I don't like violence, but I have never asked you to beat up anybody before. And I am asking you now to beat someone up for me and for Pidge. We're asking you. I was like, I've never asked before. Uh, You and Dave, I need to see you punch this guy in the face. I don't like violence. I'm not a violent person. Maybe I'll just do it myself. Uh, Please reread that line to me. I need it again. I left you alone as you wanted and thought my death would give you finality so that you could move on as you were still so angry. Oh my God. But that seems to be your comfort zone. At least when it comes to me or us or your impression of me or whatever label you wish to put on it. I won't contact you again, but something motivated you to contact me. So if you want to talk, yell, make peace, tell me to fuck off, I'm happy to listen. Hate is not something I'm into. And like you are no longer the 18-year-old stupid girl, I am no longer the uptight 29-year-old. I don't even... I don't, <laughs> just a moment He's of silence. He's not sil- in hate. <laughs> just a moment of silence. And you wonder why I... Like, wow. I hate him. And I'm sure it comes across how much I fucking loathe this person. Why do you insist? I on like am floored, can you think honestly. even why I would hate this person? Yeah. Huh. Huh. Hmm. Well, because imagine. you know what? That is your comfort That's zone. That's my comfort zone. Comfort hey, zone. Which comfort zone. which again is a thing. Ah it's he, the you, thing that he men was do. Doing me a favor. You're doing your my, favor. His death would give me the finality that I wanted. Which is why he he was left you alone. so I'm generous. I'm so blown away so by this message that his death was Michael, was honoring me. <laughs> Michael, it was a nice thing you, that he did was die. I mean, it was. It was. End, if he would have left you alone, actually. actually. Die, so you didn't die. So that would actually be the only final thing. That is so 
wild. All of it. All of it. It's literally like I'm uh, we're sure this is not AI <laughs> because we're sure it's not AI because I feel like this is a bot that somebody wrote to be the worst human being <laughs> on the planet. Like that somebody was like, I'm going to take all of the most condescending, uh, like falsely self-aware, like tropey sexist of like like when the thing that men do when they're like wow you're really angry i guess that's just like where you're most comfortable and you're like no i'm legitimately <laughs> angry with you i'm legitimately right angry angry for, like for somebody harassing me for decades i'm, I'm so legitimately angry about it uh, and also for 10 years you were dead and it was perfect my god and and up until that point before I before I wrote you off, there was a reason for me to be angry because you angry because you would not leave me alone. It's so weird because even the like, wow, you just couldn't leave this alone. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty legit, like a pretty normal response to someone faking their death to when you find out they're alive being like, hey, you're not dead. And, and also, I think it's sort of hilarious because he's so sure that I went looking for him, which, of course, I didn't No, And, and Why he's would you? right. He's dead. He, he's right. I, I he's not living under under an assumed name. I never looked for him not under an assumed name. You I never thought never about him, you never talked about him, about you never him. asked him. About I never him. looked for him the on most in. I had no reason to. I didn't care. This is a man living the most mediocre <laughs> life imaginable. And all he can do is like the most interesting thing he could think to do with himself all those years ago was like to die. And he couldn't even do that right. <laughs> you know, he couldn't even just like, yeah, he was such a drug addict. Like why didn't he just <laughs> flame <God>. out? <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm very, you know what? Like in all seriousness, I'm really sorry because this does suck. And I know that it's probably like, we're joking and we're laughing and we're unpacking it because that's kind of what you have to do with this stuff. But like, I know it is actually like I, upsetting. And like recently, like stuff like that has happened to me where like it hurts your stomach and you feel like yucky about it. And like, you know, it, it brings up a whole bunch of shit from your past that now you have to go and like process all this stuff from when you were 17 and like. Right. And I had to reaffirm, I had to go back and I had to read things that I hadn't looked at in literal decades and to convince myself to to remind myself how dysfunctional and how uh pervasive he was and how just these little needles like I've never I've never of always feeling being watched and like having knowing somebody's thinking about you and putting ideas yeah. Yeah. about you into the world that aren't Representative people don't know what all? that's like one of my exes is a real stalker and i have him blocked on everything and um he he uses alternate accounts to yeah. like look through my stuff and he it it's like people have been like well why do you care and i'm like because i just want him to like leave me alone like knowing that he's always kind of out there like watching everything and like you know i don't know it just it was it's such a relief gross. to have it's him just dead. creepy it was such a yeah. relief yeah it sucks and now even though I have a good life, I'm happy, you know, and, and I'm not going to think about it or focus it, but uh, on it, but I know that it will, it's like the drone. Yeah. I can't go. I, every single time I come out to this fridge to get a sparkle water, uh, my ear is tuned to the sky is the drone there. Yeah. And, 
or every time I'm standing underneath the skylight, I'm tempted to look up and see if the drone is there. Yeah. And it's not there most of the time, but sometimes the drone is there and it could be there. And so it is ever, ever present. And it's something that like, I don't want it there, but I can't, I can't not have it there. And that's what he is. Yeah. Like he lives across, you know, he lives overseas. Great. Um, I haven't ever seen him since I was 18 years old. Great. But knowing that he could, that he could even think about me. Yeah. Is, I get it. Is crushing. I get it. It's like he's he's taken he he's taken up and he's in you know residence in my brain and for a long time, for ten years I didn't have to think about him. Yeah. And I didn't look for him, because, uh, I didn't want to. I yeah. didn't care. And I I know that it infuriated him that I didn't respond more to what I think he really thought that I was gonna once he was gonna be dying i think he really thought that that was going to bring me around that i was going to um really engage with him and i didn't and i think that infuriated him he thought he wasn't really going to die but he was going to somehow manipulate me and in some way into feeling something and um what a sad what a sad existence like i've always thought that with my biological father you know what I'm like, really done feeling any no, kind of no sympathy. Pity, no pity or, yeah. or empathy or anything, honestly. Just like, more just kind of like... It's pathetic. Because at the end of the day, your life is your own to to an extent to set up how you want. Like, you know, obviously there, that's not true in every circumstance. But like, you get to choose whether or not you pretend to have cancer to get people to love you. You know, like, that is one thing you get to, to choose. And uh, it just it just strikes me as honestly one of the most pathetic loser things to pretend to be sick so that people will like... No, one person that you knew. One person. Yeah, not even people. So that I mean, a, a I suppose person it's will give possible you that he did this to other people too. Maybe like it is. Saying. I mean, honestly, like maybe... Maybe I'm not special. Maybe. <laughs> he, he's dead to a lot of people, but... I'm but, sorry. Uh, but, I'm so but, sorry. But this the limitation happened. of that too, thinking about that, it is sad. And that was actually the thing that I was going to respond to him. It's just like this is pathetic. This is so pathetic that you did this. And um, to think that when you die, that you would have to reach out to your girlfriend from 25 years ago for sympathy. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have even occurred to me, even if he hadn't died. That if if I had, uh, you know, a fatal illness, I can think of a hundred people before I would think of him. Two hundred people. I was trying I would to remember the name of the accountant that I dated. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally finally it came to me. I was like, Brad. Of course, his <laughs> name was Brad. Right. Like, of course it was. But I was like, I haven't we've run into each other over the years a couple times. And I literally have always just been kind of like oh gross it's brad but i haven't thought about him right and so if you were dying of cancer would you reach out to brad no yeah 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 Yeah. that's what michael's doing yeah except he's not dying of cancer so 
Yeah. Too bad. But to think that you'd have to go that far back for a person that you think might I be did sympathetic. It, I mean, when you're talking about your parents, um, when I was 14, I met a 28 year old guy at Lucky Peak um, who I dated very briefly, who was like, you're the love of my life. We're soulmates, blah, 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 blah. We didn't have sex, but we made out a whole bunch. But I was a virgin at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, waiting and da, da, da. And, uh, and then he came over to, to meet my parents and my parents told me to go for a walk. And when I came back, he, he and I went on a walk and he was like, <laughs> I can't date you. I have to go. And I remember crying and being like, why? And he was like, it's just not appropriate. And my parents didn't really get involved. Like we were fairly neglected as kids. We I don't think they ever got involved like in hardly anything else relationship wise like that but I remember that even my parents were like get the fuck away from our junior high child like but he was he was the pursuer like me and my friend met him and his friend at the at at Lucky Peak and he was like oh my god you're perfect blah 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 blah. years later I was working at a barista as a barista at Moxie Java and he and his current girlfriend came in and she went to the bathroom and he was like, hey, I need you to not say that you and I dated because she thinks that I was a virgin when we got together and uh, blah, 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 blah. And I don't want her to know I dated a 14 year old. And I was like, first of all, we never had sex. Like, I don't if you weren't a virgin, but that wouldn't have been because of me. And uh, and and then he was like, will you just lie? Will you just lie? You're like, could we just be strangers because yeah. we're strangers? Yeah. And I was like, I wasn't like going to bring it up. Like, I'm just <laughs> making your coffee. I wasn't going to be like, remember we dated when I was 14. Now I'm like, oh, I would, if I hope I run into him someday, Jared, <laughs> I would absolutely make sure everyone in his life knew he dated a 14 year old. And that, that happened. I was, uh, there's, I was a, in a rock climbing club. I dated when I was like, I don't know, probably 15 or 16. I dated a 32 year old rock climbing guide, one of the Sawtooth Mountain guides. Uh, and same thing I remember I had lied and said I was going up uh, with some friends up there and then my mom called the friend and then she couldn't get a hold of me so that she called and left a message like at the the guide place like where is my daughter and he was like what do we do what do we do and I was like I'm 15 <laughs> like I don't know what we do and I remember him like beginning really mad and be like don't pull that shit now don't yo you're 15 now you weren't 15 earlier I was like oh no I've been 15 the whole time actually <laughs> and he was so mad that I didn't know how to handle this situation where my parents like knew I was with an older dude and were like driving up to Stanley to pick me up and you're same like I saw him years later which by the way I just to throw in it out there when I saw him when I dated him at 15 I thought he was like such a hunk and stuff when I saw him we are not sorry to shit to shit on short dudes but I'm shitting on him specifically he is 5'2 we were the same height which just seemed weird because at the time I remember thinking like oh my god he's like this tall buff gorgeous rock climber and then I saw him and I was like wow we're the same size and that's sort of interesting that you like to date children isn't it huh it was just very weird and like I have so many of those stories like I I'll, like a story I'll start to tell somebody and then I'll be like oh I was kidnapped that was the time I was kidnapped when I was 16 that my first job like I have so many stories like that and every one of them is a Michael who doesn't lose sleep at night everyone is, um, is no a he's still like oh we should I yeah. really wish we were still together you know oh you were so young and vibrant me, but... and and like yeah and and like 
every one of those guys is somebody who like i'm sure if you ran into him like thinks that we had a relationship where i'm like it's like no you when i look back on that that was like traumatizing you traumatized me i was trying to act much older to fit in with you because you showed interest in me and when i was a young woman i thought like that was the end all be all for as far as validation. Well, and when I think about how sad it is that he looks back on that time and really sees like the like that it was magical because it like I've had I don't know 50 boyfriends. I would put him in the bottom 5. Yeah. You know, like I can look back and bottom I can Bottom 5, ca- Michael. <laughs> I mean, and that's one guy did try to kill me. Yeah, you're down with murder. That's you wrote a poem well, about squirting. I'm like, you know, there was there was people that I had much more in common with, and it was the wrong time. Yeah, and, you know, it just didn't work out. And I can think back, like, oh, we did. I mean, might have all been murder. We so. went to Disneyland or something. Like, we never did anything fun. We were not uh, intellectually matched at all. We were not socially, um, we weren't, uh, we didn't have friends that we shared. We didn't have hobbies that we shared. We didn't go and, um, like, I like I just had the hardest time thinking back, like, what in the just world? The control. That's what he misses. That's what he liked. was I that he still... I loved you, Jocelyn. I think he says, I love you. Like, who the fuck do you love? He loved being with a child. That's what it is. I think that's what it is. He loved being with somebody. You know, you see it with comedians all the time. I mean, like these older guys will take like a younger woman on the road. And and like when I was a younger woman, I always, you know, I was just what what they want from you and I wasn't even a young young woman you know I was 30 but like I was all big eyes and like big ears and like listening to everything and absorbing everything they said and like you know I mean you know men they love to teach you something you know they love an audience and so that's what he like what he liked about you and what older guys like about young women is they'll act like it's a physical thing because of tight bodies and no stretch marks or whatever but really what it is is like like it's adoration you can't be adored by an older woman like you would a younger woman because an older woman knows her own worth and will expect to be adored you know like back and i and those guys just want to be worshipped that's what they want and you know you're seeing sort of a reckoning of this happening all over but like oh yeah you know maybe he did maybe if he had taught me something like you know when i think about jan who was one of you know, the most important adult relationship that I had outside of Dave, um, you know, we were curious people together and we learned so many things. And there's still things every single day that I learned because of Jan or with Jan or, um, and that was enriching, you know, like that I can look back and I can say, yes, that relationship enriched my life and it didn't work out. um, But, I can't think of a single thing that enriched my life from Michael. I mean, the one, the one incident that I remember. Okay, okay, one thing I did learn, which is you can't stick Pyrex on a burner because it will explode. <laughs> that is good knowledge. 
<laughs> and to this useful. day, I learned, I know I learned that because he put like a lasagna pan, Pyrex glass lasagna pan on the top of the grate of the the electric, the shitty electric stove. And we were sitting in the living room and we heard this explosion and there was like melted glass everywhere. Like, oh my God, if we had been in the kitchen, it would yeah. happen. So FYI, don't ever do that. It was, it was a weapon. Um, that's the only thing that I remember learning. You know, in another, there's another dimension where you didn't date that guy and you die in a terrible Pyrex accident. <laughs> Just think about that. <laughs> So thank God for Michael. <laughs> but, you know, like I can look back with at relationships like that and, and bringing up Jan. The other thing that I felt last night was there are people and pets even that if I knew they weren't dead, it would be the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. And... Jan died and he there isn't a scenario where he isn't dead and I felt it like it robbed me of that too like why did this piece of shit come back yeah and not Jan you know or Mustachio <laughs> like <laughs> why couldn't Mustachio be undead yeah like if you're gonna take something away and then give it back like really this guy yeah oh it made me so sad for people that i've actually lost um that i wish weren't dead and um so yeah that's i mean that you know i my last relationship i was in at one point he had said that he wished I had just died, that I had just killed myself. And I was like, oh, then you, like, it gave me a lot of closure because I was like, then you never really loved me mm -hmm. because the heartbreak of losing someone because of a breakup and the heartbreak of knowing that they are not in the world anymore is really different. It's a really, really different thing, you know? And like, you don't, it, it does, it is just, it does suck that it wasn't Jan who was like, got you, you know, like not that he would ever do that, but he like would never, never do it. And, and it was, you know, I was looking back in my emails cause I was trying to figure out like when all this had happened. And, um, I found, I found an email from Jan, which was after we had broken up many years and it was a birthday message and it was so warm and ge generous and so loving and he signed it love jan and my birthday is coming up and i was like i am glad this happened so that i could find that again that was a man who could write a sea shanty <laughs> <laughs> he was so it was so sweet and i just thought you know sometimes i forget you know like I lionize him because, um, you know, and I think people are like, how, you know, you still talk. I, he could still bring me, he, him dying can still bring me to tears, but then I'm reminded, no, even when we were not together after years and years, I still welcomed him reaching out and I loved him and he was deserving of that. And he was reciprocating that. 
And that's why, you know, that's why I don't give a shit about Michael because he was never any good. He was always terrible. Yeah. And I know because I have had really amazing men in my life, really fucking good men. And he was not and is not. Yeah. And this is just another chapter in that. Yeah. In him being a terrible garbage human. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is the first time we've made you cry on the podcast. Oh, my God. Season opener. It was. Look, we had Pitch cry on the podcast for the oh, first time. Yeah. Um, I actually really do appreciate you sharing all of that because I feel like, you know, going through that stuff alone makes it scary and traumatizing and terrible but being able to like I know I know like when women share these kind of stories with me I always feel so validated you know for like because we're because we're laughing about it and because we're making fun of the men in it it's like I think for a long time in our lives especially women our age or older you went through a lot of this stuff alone Mm -hmm. you didn't a lot of times have like women weren't sharing these stories we didn't know that like like I remember talking to Alex's mom and she was saying um I was telling her something that happened to me and then his mom and grandma started sharing stories and his grandma was like I have never considered that these were terrible things that happened Mm -hmm. and we were all laughing and crying and like I, I feel like older women, you know, like you, that was just the norm. And then our moms dealt with it. And then we dealt with it. And like, we're part of this very, very lucky generation of women who like started making fun of it and started calling it out. And now I see younger women, which I'm so excited for this. Like I saw this young woman comic comic the other day tweet, like, I don't know why the older women comics are so mad at men. And I was like, we've done it. (laughs) We've done it. Like she hadn't experienced all these terrible things. And I was like, if we can build a world where the younger women think that we are so melodramatic and weird that we're mad at men, like if we if we can raise and we're both raising men right Mm -hmm. now, what's funny to me when people are like, you hate men, I'm like, my life is all men, you know, like I work with mostly men. My house is mostly men. Now I have a little lady and I'm very excited about that. This little pup is a girl. But, you know, like. I don't hate men. I I like really adore them and it's it makes me so excited to be possibly raising a generation of men who will not the, are the are the women who are under us will not have these horror stories, you yeah. know, will not have a lifetime of horror stories, you know, well, starting from when you're a child. And it was such like you're right that this would have happened sometimes in a vacuum previously, but I, yesterday when this happened, I was so (laughs) lucky because I reached out to you. I reached out to Melanie who knew him when we were in high school. Uh, She's, she's, she's known the whole story. I, Dave was working in the garage. I immediately went out and told Dave and he knew all, he knew everything and was so wonderful about it. You know, I told my sisters, I told my friend Renee, like, and I never for one second worried that somebody would put me um, 
as the as the villain yeah I, like i knew that they knew the the reality of it and that everybody would be like yeah that is crazy that guy's crazy and so i didn't have to like worry about how somebody was going to perceive my story they know that it's real yeah they they were there they see it they hear the words like i i'm not i i've been in my life before like well, maybe i am the crazy one yeah yeah and like and nobody responds that way to me and it's funny because every message he has sent you throughout the years is designed to make you think that yeah. and the only way that he can be with you and he you, probably will i mean i'm sure that he's stalking me and that he'll see he'll this watch and this, he'll I'm respond sure. and he'll be angry and i'm sure i'm sure that there is there is a response from him and there's no way that it's going to be oh light bulb it, it would be I, I you're right because we've both known enough men who like and, I, it, and, it, and it very pro probably will be something that's very destructive because yeah. you know like one of the things that he did was he started up this website right before he died uh that was like naming me and and calling me a slut and all this stuff it was like if anybody googled he my was name, trying to do the blog of, of of he did bad he called dates. it a big book of bad dates and it was all about was, how Jonathan oh robertson of juju wine and like you know he he was very specific about oh my it god i totally remember all this yeah, yeah. i totally remember look seeing the website and stuff too yeah. jesus christ i forgot about mm -hmm. that and all so, because I mean, and he'll, it was just do something like to that be again. fair again like when you were naming him in that blog you didn't use his name no. you used a, a pseudonym for mm -hmm. him there was nobody no way for people to really other than like melanie and stuff yeah, and me one person maybe who i also knew from high school yeah, who knew like what who he was but he just could not live with that it sucks because like you know there's no it's like this whole thing we're seeing with rogan right now and all this shit where like it's like cancel culture cancel culture and it's like nobody like you're not even trying to cancel this fucking guy, you know, like you're not even trying to like, you're not trying to get him to lose his job. Now you're not con like, you're not doing anything. If the like best case scenario, he would have like a light bulb moment and be like, Oh my God, yeah, I'm the villain. And, he, and then he would just disappear again and yeah. he would leave you alone. Or he would write you one last time and be like, I get it now. You'll never hear from me again, which Michael, that's it. That's how you make amends. In case you're wondering, like, let's say you did have, or somebody watching. Oh, and did you has, notice in in neither of those was there any kind of apology? No, no. Oh, not even close. It, uh -uh. The ex expectation of an apology from you, perhaps, but not an apology. Well, I'm I'm very glad you shared it all with us because it. Uh, I mean, it's. <laughs> I, I like to crazy. think that somebody will hear this and then think in their own life that, oh, this happened to me too. But I don't think this has happened to anybody else. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if if uh, you've had anybody, an yes, ex. Please write yeah. to us and tell us if if you've had an ex faked his death <laughs> to hurt your feelings, not to get away from you, just to. Well, can I tell you about my puppy? Yes. Oh, can we? We do. Yes. Okay. Because this is a special Valentine's. It's a edition. special <gasps> Valentine's edition. And she's so calm. I can't believe it. you've been here for hours. And she's, she's just the like calmest, sweetest thing. And that was so. We've been looking for a dog for like a year. And initially, we were looking for an older dog. And we looked and looked. We went to the Humane Society once or twice a week. We looked at Craigslist and we looked everywhere. And we just. I'm a big believer that like when you meet your dog, you'll know in the same way like you know about your human. Mm -hmm. You know. Like when I met Chip, 
I was like, this is our, this is our dog. And we had been, the kids and I had been volunteering at the Humane Society for like a year at that point and walking dogs. And we had never liked a dog. And when we met Chip, we were like, this is our dog. So I kept thinking like, we will know. So we met all these dogs. We two different times liked a dog and, um, the one of them tried to eat Chip. So that was a no go. And, uh, then we looked at a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of puppies and, and every time we would, I really didn't want a puppy, but then we were kind of like, Alex has never had a puppy. And I was like, the man deserves to get a puppy. So we like started looking at puppies and every time I would hold a puppy, I'd be like, this just looks like a giant pain in my ass. Like I just, I would just be like, I don't really want to do this. But then, um, we, uh, a friend of ours was like, Hey, uh, my aunt actually was like, Hey, my friend is fostering a bunch of pups from the reservation. If you want to come and look. And we were like, yeah, we might as well. And we went and the second I saw her, I was like, there's our dog there she is so I was glad we waited and she she was the calmest one out of the whole litter and they're all just mutts it's weird they all look completely different one looks like a border collie the other two look like lions and she and her sister looked kind of like German shepherds maybe so we picked her because she was so calm and so sweet and yeah you can see she's like the mellowest little thing on the in the world she's just very like chill and yeah when you said you got a puppy because my sister or my my mom just got a puppy for my dad of course, my dad is famous for not caring for the pets at all. Yeah. Like, does not do that. <laughs> so I say my sister because she's the one that's the caregiver. And like the same day that you sent me that picture, Hadley texted me and she said, what do you do if the dog just ate rat poison? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> my mom put the rat poison in a place where the dog couldn't get the rat poison. Jesus. But of course, I'm like, why do you even have rat poison? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So anyway, the dog did not die of rat poison. But that Good. is what... A puppy means to me yeah i mean we before we went and got her puppy proofed the whole house moved everything up two shelves you know you like you do for a baby um yeah and i wonder if she'll go through a chewing phase that's usually like six months she's a little chewy like she has some chews and stuff but she's just been really mellow she chip uh not a huge fan of her so far he but he's warming up slowly i think he will warm up um but she's so respectful she'll go over and be like hey, hey, hey and he'll be like He'll raise his lip and then she'll be like, oh, sorry, never mind. And she doesn't try to like bug him. She just is like leaves him alone and is very, yeah, my, very mellow. Yeah, my dogs are here and she's just been like, yeah. I'm with my mom now. I'm with my mom. And she went and had a little potty with dad. And she's so sweet. And the boys fell in love with Tell her, her so name. much. Um, her name is Dr. Beverly Crusher. And uh, we had the pug. We, we still hadn't picked it till this morning. Because we had a bunch of names we were kind of trying out with her. But then this morning I said, paging Dr. Beverly Crusher. <laughs> and she came running over and I was like, well, there you go. I guess we have a doctor in the family. Huh? Yeah, look at so, that. Hopefully so she'll sweet. bring home the bacon and fry it in the pan. No, I know. But she's so sweet. And she's been really, really fun. to. Alex is already training her and she's already very smart. Yeah, it's so exciting to have a new pet. Oh, yeah. my gosh. You know, it's one of my very favorite things yeah. in the world. Yeah, it's been I so fun. It. And I... I felt kind of bad for chip the first night she came in was like laying in bed with us and he like turned his back and was like on the very edge of the bed <laughs> and if i called him he would just be like nope no but he's slowly starting to kind of he'll he'll like she came over and like put his head her head on his butt and he was like oh but he let it happen so I think he'll warm up slowly. Someday i'm gonna have pets who are friends but my pets have never been friends yeah my current pets not friends 
Circa's so friendly. I don't understand anybody not getting along. She was a little scared of him, which is weird because he was being totally nice. He was just kissing her. He was just not even her. like aggressive. No, he was just, just like, like little kisses. I love you. 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 Yeah, she'll acclimate. It's yeah. off. So much new stuff. It's a lot of new stuff, yeah. isn't it? And you're look, you're famous now too. So, yeah. my God, you've already Beautiful been on a podcast, and soft and everything. Uh oh, oh no. Oh, did you get knocked over by Sir? pretty strong. Yeah. With those short legs and that low center of gravity. So we are going to try. We're launching this new season with this episode. Yes. And we're going to try and do every two weeks again. Back to the schedule. Back to the Friday. Yeah. Every other Friday. The weather's going to be warm finally. And hopefully we're good for COVID for a minute and a half. Yeah. Before stealth Omicron takes over. Um, I do have. Uh, I ha- I'm going to be posting some spring dates. I'm booking out my spring right now. I have a festival in May, May 6th and May 7th. I'm going to be doing uh, in Trinidad, Colorado, which is super fun. It's the chief bicycle so and cool. comedy festival. I like really was thinking maybe Dave and I should You go. should. It would be so fun. And I, I'm apparently doing comedy on a train, which I've certain, I was like, wow, in a, in a world of very few firsts, like I, I feel like I've done everything, but I was like, I have not done that. So that's exciting. And then um, Jeff Tate and I are going to be doing a little oh, mini tour little the second week of June, which I know people will be very, very excited about, but we're yeah. doing, we're doing a little mini tour together. Um, Man, I haven't seen Jeff in years. I know. He's really excited to come to Boise. And we're, I was like, where do you want to go? Like, you know, we can go anywhere. And he was like, Montana and Wyoming. And I was like, that's not what I meant. That's <laughs> definitely, I wasn't thinking that. But we actually are. We're doing uh, four towns, I think three or four towns in Montana. And I'm still trying to set up some stuff in Wyoming. So if you know of a place in Cheyenne or uh, Jackson Hole, uh, get a hold of me. Because I'm trying to figure that out still. But um, yeah, he wanted to do do that. And I was like okay sure so i figure we'll do one boise yeah the exotic west we're gonna do one boise show and then uh maybe sun valley and up up the hill and he's never seen yellowstone either so oh wow i thought it'd be fun yeah i know we do i really do want to get to chicago go to chicago i'm going to chicago come to chicago with me we should do a couple skate live in chicago that would be fun fun. that would be really fun i love chicago i don't i mean i don't love wind but i love chicago i love it um yeah, that's awesome. That's, so that's what you got coming up. Yeah, and, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, I'm sorry. I know I haven't been posting. I've been grappling. I've been in the are trenches. Are you an existentialist? Yes, I'm an existentialist. <laughs> I've been writing these pussy poems and trying to get them to rhyme, but it's hard. <laughs> Not much actually rhymes with labia. <laughs> it's really difficult. Uh, no, I uh, I wrote and recorded the second episode of Bookie Hol- Book of Holy Fuck, and he edited it. And then when we were about to post it, I was like... I hate it. It's not right. Like I didn't do something. It was just not right. So I, um, I, I re, I rewrote it. I'm rewriting it right now. And I have been grappling. You know, it's just one of those times where you're writing, and writing is one of. It's like can be so frustrating because it's not like you know. I have been bricklaying like, or whatever. So I decided my novel is finished, and I decided that I'm just going to start sending it out because yes, I can't read it. Like it, it's um, I can't tell if like there's even a story there. Yeah. Like I can't tell if they, there's a lot at stake or if there's nothing at stake. Yeah. I can't tell if it's good writing or if it's bad writing. I can't like I've read it so many times now. Yeah. That I'm, I'm like I have to put it what I have to put it away for three years and read it again because I can't decide if it's an actual novel or if it's like there's like nothing happened or if nothing happens. 
And that's great. And that's fine. Yeah. Send it to me. I would love to read it for reals. And I'm a great reader. Um, and I, that's kind of where I was at. Like, I'm glad we didn't. Because I kind of want somebody to read it and be like, this part, no, this part, this needs more. I'm interested in this person. Like, I'm not yeah. precious about it at this point. I'm like, because at this point, it could either be a masterpiece or trash. Or Michael wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be the punching bag on the show for the rest of my life. Yeah, I I was glad I... I sent the second piece of the book of holy fuck thing, which is part of like this bigger project that we're doing and we're filming for it and stuff. And I sent it to uh, a couple people and I just was like, no. And they were like, no, it's great. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then I was glad we pulled it because my gut was right in the end. And I ended up figuring out what was wrong and, and going in a kind of a different direction and figuring it out. But I've been really kind of absorbed with that. Oh, and I've been very depressed. Yeah. So no. people are like, you haven't posted on the Patreon in a while. And I was like, no, I know. I've been wallowing. I've been very sad. And I'm going to try acupuncture again. Yeah. Acupuncture is great. Yeah. It is really great because I stopped going to counseling my counselor did text me the other day and he's like I saw you called can I set you up with an appointment and I'm like did not call <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> nice try yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I haven't been doing therapy either because I uh my my therapist and I I was like yeah you've been great we've accomplished everything we're going to I need to find somebody else but but also just because of COVID I've just been like I I don't know I have done a lot of therapy. I've probably done yeah, the most too. therapy of anybody anybody knows. And I'm kind of like, I was kind of nice this last year to just like I w- process I, it. So we'll have to, we have a long laundry list of things to talk about. But one thing that I did was instead I went back to my astrologer. Oh, I love that for you. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. And because this year is my emerald year. Okay. Which is supposed to be my best year. Oh, um and i was like i need to know how to direct this best year energy yeah and um and you were like pandemic yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where Ooh, i know <laughs> michael not dead so far so it's far, not so panning good. out so far so good yeah <laughs> it's just it's only uphill like a little bump you want that in a in a story you know you want a little bump that was your hero's journey moment and now it's all it's going places. but also i think knowing that it's my emerald year i can kind of just like be like well look at here yeah you know like all right yep that's part of my life my life is whack a fucking doodle yeah yeah well i like that for you your astrologer yeah i um i went back to uh meditating and doing yoga after a very long absence from it and it's it's really hard to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's every day i have to be like just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, just mm-hmm. 10 fucking minutes. But it's weird. I've gotten very out of the habit of uh, of taking care of myself and I'm trying to get back to it. So uh, partly because I'm going to be on the road and I need to be like, you know, top physical and mental form well, to tour. That. We've talked about that. There's a very fine line between self-care and um, and self-harm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, you know, the fact that we are constantly guilting ourselves or feeling like... Um, we're not doing enough, um, even when it comes to things like self-care. Yeah, yeah. And so it can be like self-punishment, self-care sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, and also the self-care, self-care in the, is so like, you know, capitalismified. I don't know how to say yeah. that exactly. Where it's like, you got to get your nails done. You got to go to the spa. Like, that's mm-hmm. what we think of as self-care when it's really just like, you know, maybe you should just take a walk. Uh, my, I'm like, eat some vegetables, 
because it's so hard to not eat like a teenager with three teenagers. Yeah, I bet. It's very hard because I'm I not made as good Dave about... not. I had put chicken strips on the menu because he was dying for chicken strips and he had talked about it for the week. And I was like, we never have chicken breasts because we just have chicken thighs. And so I like got chicken breasts and then Bodhi didn't come last night. And I was like, I hate to break it to you, but we're <laughs> literally not eating teen food unless there's a teen there's a teen we need to be better about that yeah yeah because i will i'll be hungry because the night before we'd had hamburgers yeah. with french fries and then the night before that we'd had magic crispy chicken which is basically chicken fries yeah um or chicken strips so anyway you're still cooking at least alex will be like i made macaroni and i'll be like god damn it <laughs> I love macaroni. <laughs> it's all the foods I wasn't allowed to have as a yeah. child too. Like we were never allowed to have macaroni. And so he'll like make Mr. Pop-Tart childhood over here. will like make macaroni. And then I'm like, Dave I asked me to make Malibu chicken. What's Malibu chicken? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I know. It's actually, you, know what? you it's... cook the chicken in a Capri sun. <laughs> I, mean, I love asking Dave what he wants for dinner because I mean, my repertoire is vast vast i'm constantly cooking something different i we never fall back on the same things and so then i'll say like well, what do you want for dinner and he's like malibu chicken <laughs> like, of all the things i don't have any idea so it turns out malibu chicken is a sizzler specialty <laughs> dave <Yeah. laughs> dave from his childhood and it's um, i love it it's chicken which then has broiled, like has a layer of ham and then broiled cheese on the top. And then it's served with like a pineapple <laughs> slice and uh, a honey mustard. Oh, I love Dave so much. Honestly, I'm laughing, but that sounds delicious right now. It was now. really good. Was it really good? It well, sounds I really made good. Like a, you made a Jocelyn I made a Jocelyn version. version of it, but it was really funny because I was like, Dave just asked me to make Malibu. Malibu. Chicken. And he's done that before with like. A sizzler specialty. <laughs> I love Dave. Just amazing. And he says it like, you know, Malibu chicken. A Malibu chicken. <laughs> you guys didn't have Malibu chicken growing like, up? you know, chicken cordon bleu. Like, it's something that everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but I'm a huge fan. Um, well, we will be back next Friday, probably about 2 p.m. And we'll be on the patio. Mountain Standard time. Mountain Standard. And this podcast is going to go up quick because Alex, oh, by the way. We are missing two episodes that are on YouTube, but they never went up on the podcast because our hard drive ate the shit and we lost a bunch of stuff, unfortunately. And two of the podcasts were that. And he's going to try and cobble them together like he sometimes does with the... Or maybe we just start with this new season. Yeah, or maybe like if like you're... Don't make a bunch of work for I'm Alex. sorry, if you're listening to this and you're like, wait a minute, bit of a jump here, missing a couple episodes, 32 and 33, what the hell happened? They're on YouTube. One of them is in two parts because the <laughs> laptop died. Um, so yeah, as usual, a bit of a mess, uh, but that's, that's, that's what happened. That's our style. There. That's how we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I love you. I love you too. Thank you for I'm sharing so all that. I'm so, I'm glad, so good you know, to see you. The one good thing that came out of this was that we got to have a couple skate. Yeah. Because I was like, you're like, we got to take it to the pod. I, I was like, like yeah. of course. You were texting me and I was like, save it for the pod. <laughs> save it for the pod. We got to get together. This is ridiculous. So that was very, Beverly. very wonderful. And um, I'm looking forward to getting back to a regular podcast schedule. Me too. Uh, quick shout it's out to like our sponsor. Every... We don't have one, mm -hmm. uh, but I did. I forgot to bring them for you. Uh, Lady Bits Toiletries mm -hmm. sent me a free box of Lady Bits toiletries uh, items for you. They're great. Uh, they're uh, pH manager for your mm -hmm. vagina. And 
uh, I have not gotten a yeast infection in like seven years because she sponsored a tour of mine and she sends me like a box like once <laughs> a year. And uh, she had me- messaged me about something and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually good, but my podcast uh, co-host might want one. And she was like, great. So she sent us a box of Lady Bits toiletries. Uh, it's Perfect. A little applicator. You put it in there and you'll never have a yeast infection again in your entire life. It's amazing. Especially if you're on antibiotics or something, which mm-hmm. that's always like a thing. Yeah. Um, but she, when when we did that tour, she made us a, a decal for our van, and it was great. So she's wonderful. And uh, if you're uh, got a vagina or you have somebody with a vagina, check out Lady Bits toiletries. And that's that's what for a sponsorship, all you have to do is send me a free box of something, <laughs> and I'll do a plug for you. Apparently, <laughs> but also she's lovely, and I love her, and uh, it's woman owned, and she's great. So okay, Perfect. thank all you guys. Right, we love, love you. Bye. bye.